long time ago in a galaxy not so far away. Do you love Star Wars? Probably not as much as these two nerds. Join our hosts, Cody Smith and Brendan Long, as they take a deep dive into the Star Wars universe. Join them for laughs, for fun, for entertainment, for Star Wars. So if you like Star Wars, this is the podcast for you. Star Wars, Leia, Luke, Darth Vader, lightsaber, pew, pew, pew. So join our hosts for In a Galaxy Not So Far Away, coming to the Froggy Style Production Podcast Network, May 4th, 2021. May the force be with you. This podcast is brought to you by Froggy Style Productions. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter for up-to-date information regarding this podcast and all the other awesome podcasts that we produce. If you would like to learn more about the podcast that we produce, visit fsproductions.ca. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Groove Talk. Before we get into this episode of the podcast, I'm going to take a couple moments here to thank the individuals who helped to make this show possible. So a very special thank you to Barbara Emerson, Wanda Smith, Tierra Penner, Tori Smith, Quinn Rupert, Jeff Perry, and Jacob Murphy. Thank you all. To all of you for your continued support. If you would like to be one of these awesome individuals, consider donating to the show on a monthly basis through our Patreon page. And that is patreon.com slash fsproductions. There will be a link in the episode notes, so if you'd like to check it out, it's real easy for you to do that. Uh, if you donate the minimum amount, which is $1 per month, you gain unedited, ad-free, and early access to all podcasts that get released through Froggy Style Productions. There's also a $3 tier, which gives you bonus audio content, and then there's the $5 tier, which gives you a shout-out at the beginning of all podcasts that get released through Froggy Style Productions. So if that's something that you're interested in, check out the Patreon page. Like I said, you can find it at patreon.com slash fsproductions. All the money that we do get through Patreon goes to making these shows the best that they can possibly be. Uh, It pays for hosting. It pays for equipment. And it also gets funneled back into the community because we use the money that we get through Patreon to pay for the music that you hear on this show. Um, And so it goes back to the local bands who who we're interviewing, which I think is kind of neat. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, like I said, check out the Patreon page, Patreon dot com slash fs productions 
If you're looking for a free way in which you can support the show, uh, like I've said many times before, ratings and reviews on whatever podcatcher you're listening on are huge. They help us get through those algorithms and reach the most amount of glorious listeners that we possibly can. So consider leaving a rating or a review or tell a friend about us. You know, if you have a friend who likes music or wants to know more about the local music scene, tell them about Groove Talk because that's a cool way to support the show, too. Uh, if you are fans of the show, consider signing up for the monthly newsletter. The monthly newsletter sign-up page can be found at fsproductions.ca. It's the first thing you're going to see when you visit the website. You just type in your email and hit subscribe, and you are subscribed to the monthly newsletter. And The newsletter comes out on the first Monday of every month, and it gives you information on everything that's happening with this podcast and with all the podcasts that Froggy Style Productions produces. It also gives you a podcast release schedule for the month. Uh, we do a music video of the month, and it also uh, sends all the most recent podcasts on Froggy Style Productions to your inbox. So the most recent episodes, sorry. So that's pretty cool. So you don't have to go looking around for podcasts and they get emailed directly to you. So again, if that's something you're interested in, check out fsproductions.ca. Check out the website too. All the podcasts get posted there. And there's lots of cool content that goes along with all of the podcasts. There's additional content at fsproductions.ca. Uh, there's also an online store, so if you're in the mood to buy a t-shirt or a mug or some stickers or something, uh, that would be cool. You get some merch, and then we get some money and support, and that's what it's all about. Win-win situations, and that is a win-win situation. So again, fsproductions.ca is the website. Real quick, uh, I just want to tell you something that we're doing over on the Groove Talk Instagram page. Um, every Friday, we will be sharing an album that we have been listening to that week. Uh, it'll include local music. It'll include um, non-local music, uh, bigger bands and stuff like that. Uh, the, the goal with this podcast has always been to try to expose you, the listener, to your next favorite band. Um, so we're going to continue trying to do that, and we're going to use our Instagram to try and do that as well. So every Friday, uh, a new album will be posted that we think you should be listening to. So check out our Instagram. It's groove.talk on Instagram. Uh, so yeah, check it out. On this episode of Groove Talk, I am joined virtually by Mitch Bellot. Mitch Bellot is a blues rocker from Calgary here, and he is the driving force behind the Mitch Bellot band. Uh, I had a really awesome time talking to Mitch. I felt like we were really on the same page with a lot of the things we were saying. We were agreeing a lot, and it was just a great and fun conversation. Uh, the more I do these kind of virtual conversations, the more I'm enjoying them. It's. I feel like it's just easier for everybody. Uh, don't get me wrong. I still like and prefer to do podcasts in person because I think there's something intangible about sitting down with somebody like face-to-face, eye-to-eye, and talking. But I'm really starting to enjoy these virtual conversations as well. Uh, yeah, it was, a, like I said, an awesome conversation. 
Um, if you'd like to listen to the song Sky Blue off of the Mitch Bellop Band's most recent album, All for Nothing, you can find it at the end of the episode. There's also links in the episode notes of how you can get your very own copy of Sky Blue and All for Nothing. Uh, so I encourage you to do that because uh, supporting local musicians is awesome and you want to be awesome, don't you? So do that if you would uh, like to connect with Mitch or the Mitch Bellop Band. Uh, All the social media links will also be in the episode notes as always. So yeah, check it out. I hope that you enjoy this conversation that I had with Mitch. It was uh, lots of fun for me, and I hope that it was lots of fun for him, but I can't say that. So anyways, have a great day, and thank you very much for listening. This is Groove Talk with Froggy Style. Uh, welcome to another episode of Groove Talk, everybody. On this episode, I am joined by Mitch Bellot. Hello. Hello. Hey, thanks for having me. <laughs> yes, of course. Thanks for being on the show. It was my absolute pleasure. Yeah. Um, so I guess just to, to start us off, uh, why don't you kind of, you know, introduce yourself and uh, tell us a little bit about uh, the, Mil- the Mitch Bellot Band. Sure. Yeah, totally. I'd love to. Um, so I've been playing music professionally in Calgary since I was about 18. I'm almost 28 now, so for about 10 years, um, doing the uh, quick math there. And uh, I've released uh, three records. Um, two of which are on iTunes and Spotify and all that stuff. Um, music was my full-time job before, obviously, before COVID hit and before all this craziness went down. Um, but my uh, fiance and I, we we do a lot of duo stuff. But then we also have a big uh, with her in the band. Now we've got five. We have five piece. So that's fun. So when we get the whole band going, we're a big kind of party band. And then when I'm uh, solo or playing duo with my fiance, where I got the kick drum going and all that stuff. But uh, maybe just a little insight on the type of music we play. We play uh, kind of a blues rock style. We get compared to like the Black Keys and kind of like Kaleo kind of vibes. Um, but yeah, music was is my dream and my deal. And uh, yeah, I love it. Awesome. So have you always been kind of like a musical person, like from a young young age? Is that something that you kind of always aspired to be, I guess, as a professional musician? Or I'd say so, something like that, at least. Like, I've always aspired to be a performer. Okay. So I was in like, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I was in uh, like drama programs growing up and I was um, a musical theater program in high school. So I've always been, I actually didn't really start singing for real until high school. Uh, but uh, then and the high school is kind of when I started getting into the actual singing side of things, but yeah, performing has always been my, my deal and doing improv and all that stuff. So, and then when it, when music came out, it was like, when I started doing music, I, it, I found out that that's, that's totally what I want to do. I, I felt the most comfortable doing that, uh, and most happy doing that. So, uh, yeah, music became the number one. Okay. And I guess what is it? What is it about music above like all those other things that like kind of attracted you to it? Yeah, I think, like I think, like I don't, I don't know. I guess it'd be like when it comes to acting and stuff. It's like I'm I'm comfortable in front of a crowd and stuff like that. But 
for some reason with music, I liked that it wasn't just someone talking in front of you or being a different character. It's like here you're you're combining a bunch of different things. You're combining instruments and voices and all this stuff. And I love how the, I love the way music makes you feel. And I think like you can be happy watching a comedy, but like music really makes you feel stuff. Yeah. And whether it's like you can really relate with it, whereas like a movie you can do that, or like a TV show or whatever, or or a stage show or whatever. But um, music to me just spoke to me the loudest, where it was so rewarding to make people happy, and it also made me feel the best as well. Yeah, yeah. Cool. And uh, it, so, do you, you you play guitar, right? Like I do. Yeah, so have you always played guitar? Is that something that you kind of picked up once you kind of like got into the singing and performing aspect of it? Yeah, like I've always kind of um, sang, but it uh, but guitar I picked up when I was about 15. My mom got me a guitar for Christmas and she thought it would sit in the closet forever and uh it, luckily that didn't happen. So but yeah, guitar, like I like the, like I like playing guitar and I like singing, but the combination of the two, like playing an instrument and singing with it is the best. Like that's really what I get out of it. Like I would say, like I wouldn't, like I say I'm pretty good, like I'm, I'm a really good rhythm guitar player. Let's, <laughs> let's say that <laughs> where, uh, you know, my solo chops are not uh, up to some, you know, uh, you know, I could be, could definitely be worked on, but, um, but yeah, I love performing with the guitar and singing is, is the best for sure. Okay. Um, so you, you, you not only perform solo, but you, you have the band as well. Mm -hmm. Um, so I guess how, what, what, what made you decide to make that, that jump, I guess, from a solo performer to, uh, having the, the full backing band? Totally. Um, well, I guess little, like a little story, the, I was doing a lot of solo stuff and then I got this gig opening up for an act in town at the Jubilee and I was like, okay, I, you know, solo on there would be cool, but it would be nice to have a, you know, a little bit of accompaniment with me, you know, make it sound a little bit more full. And I'd re just released a record at the time or just recorded a record. And on the record, a lot of the music had a little bit of extra guitar. Like it wasn't a full band on the record by any means. I played a lot of the instruments myself, but there were a couple parts that had some guitar and some backing vocals and stuff. And I said, okay, it might be nice to find somebody. And so I met uh, a gentleman named Vincent Bundick. He's a, a musician in Calgary as well. He's got his own band called Vincelin too, but he, uh, we met at an open mic and then we became quick friends and I asked him to practice with me and I ended up, I ended up, we ended up, I had to play solo anyway for this thing that they asked me to. So, but then we kept it going and like, let's just keep practicing together and see what happens. And I really liked finally bouncing ideas off of somebody, you know, that's, re that was really nice. Um, and then he introduced me to our drummer uh, Dylan Goodman, who um, knew him in, through high school and stuff like that. And so all of a sudden, there was three of us. We actually played three of us for a long time. And then uh, Dylan's brother uh, was our bass player for a long time. So uh, it kind of really worked out really naturally, which was really nice, just kind of on its own. And then, you know, if you're engaged to someone who has a beautiful singing voice, why not put them in your band, right? So, Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah nice. Awesome. Uh, so... Do, do you prefer one over the other? You mean like solo or band? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, that's a good question. I'm going to do the boring answer and say that I like...
both for different reasons. I know that's the worst answer I could possibly give to that question. Honestly, but... honestly, that's kind of the answer I expected. So oh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like no, I because I've played like one of my favorite things to do is, of course, when there's no COVID around, is um, house concerts, and house concerts when it's just you and like 35, 50 people or whoever many people are at this thing, is so cool because you can like. You just you you know people are really listening and they really hear the storytelling in your music and you can real they hear every little note that you're hitting and every little you know every little lyric and all that. Whereas like you know which is great, but then all of a sudden you go to like this really cool venue and have this big rockin' party show with the full band where you do a bunch of encores maybe throw a, a like a cover song in there where everybody sings along and they're really like big party vibes with the band like that is also really cool but there's a time and a place for both you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah yeah no definitely definitely agree um and I, I honestly i found like from talking to so many musicians now through like throughout the city um yeah. the the ones who are able to kind of like take it and make it a full-time career are the ones who are able to do both. They're, they're able to do the solo act, but then they're also able to like bring that, that big band energy. Right. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think it just like opens up more opportunities for you as well. You know? Yeah, no, exactly. I think too, even if you play multiple instruments as well, where you can be in multiple projects and stuff like that, I think that really helps you. Because people, you know, if someone needs a bass player or whatever, you can fill in, you know, make some cash too or be in multiple bands. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. So uh, just, I guess, uh, compounding off of that, are you in multiple bands or is this like your solo or is this your only project? To be honest, like right now and right before COVID started, it was, it was basically just, uh, just this, um, but uh, I had a good buddy. His name's Rob Legace. He had a band in town called Son of Ray for for a lot of years. Um, fantastic folk musician, and then he actually got me started in the Calgary music industry, which was really nice of him. And we've stayed really good friends. But he uh, he's now moved to Ontario. But before he moved, I was playing drums in his band, which was awesome. That was super super fun. So that was yeah no, and it was like. That was something new for me when I started playing with him. I played with him for a couple of years, I guess. But it was a cool experience because I got to be, you know, being the the lead singer and like the person who runs the day-to-day stuff for the band. It was nice just to show up to the gig. You know? <laughs> it was yeah, super no, nice could... to just show up. Yeah. And yeah. so it's it's a cool experience. It's nice. Yeah, no, I could I could totally imagine. It it's like if somebody if I went on to somebody else's podcast, you know what I mean? Like, exactly. 100%. You just have to show up. I just got to show up and I just got to talk. So Exactly. You know yeah. what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I guess, can you walk us through kind of how, how your songs come together then? Totally. Um, I was actually talking to somebody about this the other day, but I find like, I remember for years when I first started, I was trying to, like, I'd listen to interviews and stuff with musicians trying to find out the way, it's like, are there a way that people write songs to make it easier on myself? Because I I still don't think I've found, like, the really good way of doing it. Like, because I think everybody's different when it comes to that. Um, There's not one way to do it. You have to kind of find your own inspiration and and all that stuff. But, which seems obvious to me now, but it wasn't at the time. And, uh, but for me, I think, like, I write in spurts, so I'll, I'll go months and months without writing a song and then all of a sudden in a week I'll write five or six 
in a, in a row kind of deal. Just because I'm on a, I don't like, I don't know, I can't explain. It just kind of happens. But, um, but when I do write, I always start with a. Uh, so for me, I always start with um, a chord progression or like a guitar riff or something that inspires me musically. And then that's when I kind of get a feel for kind of what I want to write. And then I'll maybe think, maybe the the way that the music is starting to make me feel, I'll try to write about a topic or something like that. And then it kind of just, like, sometimes I got to force it and try to maybe Google, like, cool words to kind of try and rhyme with to see if I can kind of finish off lines or something like that. Or sometimes you get that magic thing that, a lot of musicians talk about where all of a sudden you write a song in three minutes and it's like the best one you've ever written just kind of shows up. But yeah, I always start with guitar and then lyrics kind of come and I try to play with some stuff and I sing it over and over and over until it kind of comes out. I'm not a big poetry guy. Like I don't look at my music as poetry or anything like that, but um, it's all, it's an overall feel. I go for feel over lyrics. Usually I try to anyway. Okay, cool. Uh, I mean, that's that's something that I can like kind of relate to and I super appreciate because yeah. I've, I've always said that uh, when I'm listening to music, at least, the lyrics themselves are probably one of the least important things for me personally, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's like almost like the person singing is just adding, like their voice just becomes an instrument for me at that point, you know? I look at it that way a lot too, actually. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And not to say, you know, you, there are songs out there where the lyrical content, you know, you hear it and it just like clicks with you and it relates to you and you're like, that's awesome. But for the most part, totally. I would, yeah, for the most part, I would just say, you know, the, the voice is just another instrument and it's awesome that uh, it, it is an element that can be blended into the music as well. Totally. I completely agree. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's a way I look at it a lot as well. Yeah. Uh, so when when you are writing songs... Uh, are you writing like all the parts for the song or is it just kind of like, are you focusing on your part and then bringing it to like other musicians? Yeah, no, that's a good question as well. The, I mean, it also depends on the song, like kind of how you want the vibe to go. But what's nice about when I was getting into the whole band stuff, when all of us guys and now my fiance Justine was hanging out with us, it's nice to bounce ideas off of other people, which really is nice. Um, like when I was first starting out or, or like I have songs that I wrote completely on my own and it's mostly just guitar. Uh, and then I like that, you know, for my first record, I went in the studio and just kind of built off of the guitar and kick drum and singing parts of the song. Those were the bones then you could build off of it. But yeah, I think now with the band around, it's been nice to write a song just acoustically on guitar and then bring it to the band and then build off of that and uh you know add instruments and then you could totally change the song for the better too which is nice mm -hmm. yeah no for sure there's always something to be said about like collaboration for sure oh yeah i i find it i find you know how musicians always do like those collabs where they'll write with like one other musician and try to write a song in a day kind of deal i've never been good at those yeah like that's hard for me for some reason and i and i don't know exactly why that is but I almost think like it might just be the way that I write or, or something like that. Like it's not that I'm selfish with what I have, but um, it's almost forcing it. I'm not sure. But once it's, once you have like a full idea, I find it easy then to bring it to somebody else. And so somebody can just totally add on instead of like trying to find an idea together. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, totally. And I, I, I don't know. I can I can like relate to that in a way because mm -hmm. I find 
like the creative process coming up with ideas is very kind of I don't know for me personally at least it's like a lot of just kind of fiddling around until you kind of fall into something that's awesome and that can yeah. be very tedious and like boring and I, I really enjoy doing that by myself yeah um and yeah I, I I agree that like once I have that idea and once I have a little bit more of like a concrete kind of like sound I guess then I will take it to like another person and be like okay what do you think of this you know exactly yeah no I'm very similar yeah that's funny I don't know if it's because I'm nervous or something I don't know I don't think so but I think it's just I'd like to I'd, I'd rather come with a full idea and uh, it's just the way my brain works I'm not sure yeah no I <laughs> I, I, I get it I get it <laughs> yeah um, so uh, the, the, the last record that the, the most recent record that you released, it's just over a year ago now since you last released it. Yeah. Um, I mean, can you, can you walk us a little bit through how that record came together? Sure. Um, it was a long time coming, uh, cause we put, I released a record in 2013 and then 2015. And then it wasn't until 2020 that we released, uh, all for nothing, the most recent one. And so a lot of those songs, which was interesting, like that are on this newest record, we've been playing for a long time because we wrote them, you know, years in advance. And then I told the guys, and this is before even Justine moved to, she's from Ontario and before she moved here, but I, I just said, like, we have to get the, the, we have to get into a studio and just record because, you know, because we were always worried about money and not having enough money to do it. And it's like, well, we don't have to make the record all at once. Like, you don't have to record then immediately you mix them and then immediately master. So it was June 2018, I believe. I think. I think so. June 20... <laughs> Sorry, Justine's in the other room. She goes, yes. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so it was June uh, 2018 that we went in the studio. Finally at OCL down in Chestermere there. And we were like, okay, we've been playing these songs for like uh, for a while anyways so josh gwilliam who who is our uh like engineer on the whole and slash producer on the record he uh suggested why don't you guys we'll just set you up all at the same time and you guys just play them like you play live because we had them so down that it, it didn't matter you know it's kind of like let's just play them live do and get the good take and then move on with it so that's what we did. So we spent one day, we went in the studio for one day, just paid for the whole day, like uh, 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. kind of deal. And went in there and recorded uh, all eight songs. And uh, yeah, it was super fun. And we all had a really good time. And then we sat on it for a little while and just like saved up some more money. We actually ended up doing a GoFundMe um, just because we couldn't find the money together to, to mix the tunes. So we actually did a GoFundMe, which was... We were hesitant at first, but it was really, really successful. We got, made our goal, and um, our friends and family and fans were all, uh, if I, you know, were really supportive. And so we ended up mastering or mixing and mastering the record at that point, uh, and then decided to do the January 2020. And our plan was to go uh, on tour after that in the summer of 2020, but then uh, the whole world came crashing down, so that uh, ruined that. But, <laughs> but yeah, it was a long time coming, and I'm glad it's out in the world at least. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, like it came out, you know, just before, yeah, the world uh, kind of came to a halt, I guess. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> which is Seriously, good because screeching. Yeah, I mean, I know, I know musicians who 
you know, they had albums ready, you know, for summer of last year and they yeah. wanted to release them and they're still sitting on them because they don't want to release it without playing a, like a release show, you know, and properly releasing it. So totally. It's kind of hard to do right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I heard a suggestion from some friends, from musician friends that everyone should just be releasing singles right now. Like just because re- singles, you don't usually do a release party for anyway. Yeah. And just, just release a single like once every four months or something. Yeah. You know, three or four months. Which is, a, you know, it's an idea anyway. You don't, I'm not saying that's a key to success or anything, but. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know bands that are doing that too. I like, there's some that, yeah. you know, they're doing a single a month or, you know, a single every couple of months or whatever. And, you know, with the way that like the music, the way that we com- consume music now, right. It's, it's a lot of streaming services and stuff like that. And, you know, if you're releasing a, a single every couple of months, you know, it keeps that hype up and it keeps you high on the streaming sites and stuff like that. And Yeah, totally. But I mean, there's always something about an album that I, I truly appreciate, like a good collection of music that like I personally very much appreciate. So. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that for sure. Like, like, wasn't it the Foo Fighters that just released the like Medicine at Midnight record like their most recent record and they were sitting on they're doing the same thing they were going to release it and just they're like screw it we're just going to release it into the world anyway yeah yeah it's kind of like okay yeah they're they're the foo fighters so like you could release an album tomorrow and not tell anybody (laughs) and it's still going to be huge right (laughs) true that's probably a that's probably a bad example in regards to local music i totally get it but uh yeah for sure yeah yeah uh so so you mentioned that you uh you know you had just played a a live gig a couple of days ago and that was for fatigue fest wasn't it sure was yeah so i guess uh just how how was that how did how did that whole show come together and what was it like playing that show and like these times i guess sure yeah no it was uh it was in i still got to play in the in the i still had to play in the glass bubble at we i played at the blues can down in inglewood there and um and the guys at stagehand are doing a really really great job at at getting cool events to happen here in town and they're uh, doing a fantastic job at ma- at creating these events themselves and uh and then connecting musicians to the organizers and stuff um and so that's how i got the gig through s- the stagehand guys i think it was fatigue fest was their festival or it's through um Sh- chinook blast or no uh chinook blast am i getting it wrong i'm not sure i think it's chinook blast i think Yes, I believe so. If I'm getting it wrong, I apologize to anybody who listens and then says I got it wrong. But Chinook Blast, which is the festival, they're supposed to be on 8th Avenue. Um, like, you're supposed to be able to walk down 8th Avenue with a huge crowd of people and do random stuff, which is really cool. But we couldn't do that with live music, obviously, so they put together Fatigue Fest. But long story short, um, it was a little weird still. Like, I still haven't gotten used to playing in the in the plexiglass box yet. Even, like, in the blues can and the last time i played at the blues can was the last time the junos were in calgary so it's been a long time and so to play in there when there was nobody in there because the night we played there it was packed and to play with nobody in there in the middle of the afternoon you know to a phone is kind of it's still i it, i don't think i'll ever get used to it it's still a little bit weird but i'm still they what what makes me happy to play those gigs is that i know there's people on the other end of the phone or people who will watch it later and they'll get enjoyment out of it sitting at home just like i am you know, so what I'm getting enjoyment watching the other musicians play, but yeah, it went really well. It was, it was fun. I just went by myself and for, you know, safety reasons and just, 
you know, played some guitar and it was nice. <laughs> nice. My voice was screaming at me like, like you haven't done this in a while, man. What's going on? Yeah. So it was a little bit hoarse after, but yeah, but it was fun. It was good. I, I really enjoyed it. I always enjoy it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I guess, have you, you know, with the whole pandemic going on and, you know, live streaming become live streaming becoming more of a thing and stuff like that. Have you been kind of taking advantage of that in any other ways or? Yeah, we've tried a little bit. We, uh, when COVID was still pretty new, we were doing a lot of live streams. Um, just cause people, a lot of people were trying to get on that train. We also did the curbside concert deal in the summer, which will probably come back when, when the weather gets nicer. Um, which is great cause I would borrow my dad's truck. We'd play in the truck bed in front of people's houses, which was great. Um, but, uh, yeah. And then Justine and I, we actually, uh, we're doing this show on YouTube for a little while called, uh, tunes Tuesday. And so we were doing either a cover song or an original song, uh, once a week. So we were doing that and it started, allowed us to start kind of a YouTube, a little bit of a YouTube presence. And I think we might get that going again here pretty soon. We were supposed to take a month break and now it's been a four month break. And I think we just got busy doing other stuff, but, um, but yeah, no, it's. It, I think that's one of the silver linings about this whole thing is it's been really nice to see what people have done to compensate. You know, find other ways. You know, be creative and find other ways to still get your art out there and still make people happy and still perform. And I think that some of the things will stay. Like I think you know, if a band wants to perform a concert for someone, you know, there's the technology now to just do like a really good concert for somebody from a you know. I think people see the value in it more than they did before. And I, not to, like, nothing will beat a live show. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I think any, everybody will agree with that. And like, I, I missed out on a bunch of live shows because of COVID and as, as well as everybody else. But, um, but I think it's definitely a medium that can be used more, even after COVID, uh, hopefully sooner rather than later ends and we can get back to live music. But yeah, I think it's really cool to see what people have done. I, you know, no, I, I agree with you. Um, Mm-hmm. You know, I think everybody, you know, when COVID first started and stuff like that, it was kind of like, I, I don't know, me personally, personally, I kind of sat back a little bit. I was like, okay, like, what am I going to do? Like, because normally I would have people over at my house or I would go to people's house to do the podcast, right? Totally. So I was like, okay, I'll sit back. We'll see how long this whole thing lasts. And then, you know, I think it's lasted a little bit maybe longer than anybody expected it to. So it's like now we're adapting yep. and we're getting creative with the ways that we can, uh, you know, yeah, like you said, put our art out there. Um, but like for me personally, like one of the things that has come out of this that I can, I plan on continuing forward with the podcast is just doing what we're doing right now, you know, mm-hmm. offering the option to, do it online you know it's it's something that i've had to perfect and get good at and i had no idea how to do it before covid so well now you got a new skill yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's awesome you got to adapt man that's you you have to yeah so it's good that people are doing that yeah and I, i i agree with you too it's cool to see the way that you know that people are still trying to get live music out there like i remember in the summer i went to a drive-in concert, you know? Yeah. And it was cool, but it still just does not replicate that feeling (laughs) of being in like a tiny room with like 50 other people who are all sweaty and, you know, jamming out to the music. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. I miss, I miss those days a lot being on the musician side and on the fan side. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's something that's like, you know, 
that that crowd just it's it's the it's the collective of being in that crowd with that that many people all there for the same thing you know totally and we can actually feel the music like you can feel the sound wave like it's this sounds spiritual it's not meant to but like when the sound waves like hitting your body like that's awesome that's the best part for me anyway yeah, and just like you know, the energy that the 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 performer is giving you, and that 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 energy is being returned to you as a performer from the crowd, and it's just like a feedback loop, right? <laughs> oh, totally. Did you have any tickets that you had purchased that you had to miss out on? You had to get your money back because the show didn't happen. Um, no, no music tickets. Uh, did have a. Um, a couple of like activities planned in March that I had to reschedule. We had a a snowboarding trip to Revelstoke planned that we had to cancel, oh, obviously. Yeah. yeah, and also a a snowshoe tour uh, at Lake Louise that we had to reschedule. So, geez, both would be awesome. Well, you'll still get to do that. It just you know, unfortunately, oh, yeah. you'll just have to wait. <laughs> we actually we we did we did the we did the snowshoe tour like uh, a month ago. So nice yeah sweet it's pretty it's pretty cool so yeah that's awesome but no luck luckily luckily no music uh music events that i had to you know postpone and reschedule and i know a lot of friends who uh kind of got stuck holding some tickets and stuff like that so yeah yeah it's too bad i missed out on the black keys well uh, which which i've seen a couple times so I, I mean it's not the total end of the world but it was their new record and, I'm like, and they're my favorite band so that was a little unfortunate but uh you know it is what it yeah. is <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I think with this whole thing, you know, before before COVID, you know, there'd be a show coming or whatever. And, you know, if you wanted to see it, it's a band you like or whatever, you're like, maybe I'll go. Uh, but they'll be back. They'll always be back. But I think... Exactly. After COVID, I think, you know, if there's somebody that's coming that you like, go see them because you don't know if they're going to be back. You don't know what it's going to look like. Totally. Yeah, you, yeah. you never... Well, especially now in today's day and age, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I mean, so so you mentioned that uh, your kind of fiance, you know, joined the band and is doing stuff with uh, with you musically and stuff. So I guess how does mm-hmm. how does that dynamic work? Is that is that strange at all? Or um, I don't think I don't think it was ever strange uh, to be honest. But I think it was definitely a, a bit of a learning curve with you know, um, you know, we have a relationship and a, you know, successful relationship. And when you start working to everyone warns you not to work with your significant other. Right. Whereas yeah. it, for us, I think what helps is that we're really honest with each other and we take each other's feedback. So, you know, if she has a suggestion for, even though she, like I started the band and it was my project to begin with, I want her to feel like it's her project too. So, you know, she's not afraid to say, you know, to give me a suggestion, I can't think of an example right now, but, um, you know, and then vice versa. So that's, that's really nice. So yeah, it was, I think because we were honest with each other and because I think we both enjoy it so much, I don't think there was ever, we got lucky and there was, there's, it's, it's been a really nice dynamic and, and yeah, she's, she's a very honest person. So it's nice to, uh, it's a breath of fresh air. That's not, that's not an insult by the way. <laughs> yeah but uh no it's actually been really really fun and rewarding and it's nice to it's nice to spend even more time i mean it's funny i say that now with covid when everyone's spending spending way too much time with each other if you live in the same house but mm-hmm. uh you know 
especially before COVID, it was, it was really nice to just do something we both love together and actually, and then get paid for it, which is, which is just a bonus. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. It's just like the, the, you know, the reason I ask is like me and, uh, my significant other, we've, uh, been toying with the idea of you know maybe starting a podcast together and mm -hmm. we've given it like a shot a couple of times and it's like um we haven't really figured out how to make it work yet um we've tried yeah. a couple episodes and it's just like i don't think that but but it's the same thing you know we're, we're we're both honest with each other and we give each other feedback and it's like we know when it's not hitting and like right so so it's just kind of interesting to me like that you could have that dynamic in a professional way, but then you also have all those personal connections as well. So, yeah, I like, and I, I'm no expert by any means, but I, yeah, yeah, I think, I think it might be different for everybody. And I also think that it, you could have a successful relationship and not be able to work together. I think that's also a thing, but, um, like you don't, yeah, you don't have to do, you don't, you know, just, you don't need to work together to have a sex, successful relationship. But, uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think it might be different. For, and for us, I think it's just honesty. And, you know, you're not insulting the other person just because you think something should be done a little bit differently, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think that's a, a just a, a good point to make in general, like when you're working with people, right? Is just because somebody has, oh, totally. uh, um, you know, different ideas than you doesn't mean that you should take it personally or they're insulting you. They just have a different vision for the project. Exactly. When Justine works with her uh, dad for her other job, and so I think she was had some experience. <clears throat> excuse me, had some experience working with family and stuff already. So, yeah, I think that probably helped a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I guess going going from a a kind of solo act like that, and then adding members and band members, what, what was there ever like a learning curve or anything like that uh, to you know taking feedback like that or? For sure. To be honest, the, it went way easier than expected. Like I, I thought it would be a lot harder um, to kind of jive with, you know, especially because I, I had never met Dylan, our drummer, and Nick, our bass player, uh, like before we actually started playing. Like we, I met them the day they came over to, uh, well, maybe that's not entirely true. I met Dylan when he came over for the first time to practice like the, for the very first time. And then his brother had kind of come out to a couple shows and we got to know him a little bit. But what's been really nice is that we're, we're buddies, number one. We get along really well. And our, our, like we play well together as well, which is, which is really lucky, I think, because you, know, you hear all these stories of bands getting so sick of it. And maybe, you know, who knows, if we actually went on a full tour together and stayed in the same van for months on end, you know, stuff can happen, I guess. But, uh, but for us, no, it, to be honest, there was never... I wouldn't, I wouldn't even go as far as saying there was a learning curve because I, I guess I was so excited to finally have some people say, you know, finally get some feedback from people that were in, just as into music as I was. So I was, there was never any, like, and there was never any, like, fight. So if he, if, even if, for both sides, so if something was offered and I liked it, great. If something was offered and I thought, hey, maybe we'll just not do that. I don't think that fits. There's no hard feelings and, um, and like Vincent writes his own stuff, the guitar player Vincent writes his own stuff, but his stuff never, it was, he writes very funky, very soulful stuff, which is fantastic. It just didn't really fit the vibe of the Mitch Ballot band. So we never really used um, any of his original stuff uh, for that. And so it was always me writing the songs, but 
you know, I'm, but I'm really open to feedback and all that stuff. So to answer your question, I think it was, I think we've been really lucky and it, it was actually really, really seamless, the, the transition. And I think that's why it's nice to go back and forth because it's, it's not too much of a change for me anyways. Okay, cool. Yeah. I think that, you know, as creative people, um, you know, when you're doing any kind of art, I think that you almost kind of seek out, you know, that honest feedback and yeah. it can be really hard to get from people sometimes, you know? Totally. Um, like, you have your fans, you have your family, you have your friends, and they're going to, you know, <laughs> comment on whatever you're doing. But it's like, do, most of the time, it's like, oh, yeah, you're doing a great job or whatever. And it's like... Yeah, but, your but mom's always going to tell you you're the best. That's Yeah, the thing. exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I, I don't know. Uh, maybe it's just me. But for me, personally, sometimes I'm like, yeah, okay, like, it, it's good, but, like, could you tell me what's wrong with it or could you like say something mean about it or something? Cause like, I just want to totally, do you know what I mean? hundred percent. Actually, that's exactly why we work with Josh William at OCL all the time. I, he's, he's a fantastic person, number one, but also two, he's a very black and white person where, uh, he has no shame in telling you if something works or it doesn't. And he does it very straightforward, so he's not insulting. In fact, so if he listens to this, it's uh, he's like he should know that he's a fantastic human being. And but he he'll like, you know, it's like no, we got to do that again. It doesn't work, you know. And there's and there's no and then you don't feel bad about it at all because he just it's matter of fact. He's like doesn't work. Let's do it again. And so that that I love that like that is fantastic. And I wish that happened more in life as well, you know, where people were they didn't. I'd almost rather people don't beat around the bush. And just, just tell me. You don't have to be mean about it, but just tell me. Be like, hey, I'd do it this way. Maybe try that. It's like, great. Uh, you know, I'll take your suggestion. And then it, also don't get offended if I say, no, I like the way that it is. And that's what Josh would do too. Is like, if I, if I really said, no, I really like it, he would be like, okay, cool. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I, I totally agree with you. And I know exactly what you mean. That I, w- I wish it would happen more often for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. Um, well, and that's the the cool thing about like music and stuff too, right? Or any art, I guess, is that like everybody is going to interpret it differently or think that something's going to work better or whatever. But hundred uh, percent. That that's I think you know why people go to shows. That's why people listen to music is because it means something to them that maybe yeah. that musician wasn't even trying to say, but like they can interpret it in their own way. Totally. Like you see, how often do you see that where someone's like, "Oh, this song's totally about this," and then you hear an interview with like your favorite band or whatever, be like, "No, it's about the last meal I ate before I wrote the song or whatever." You know, like something completely unrelated. But yeah, yeah, no, I, that's what I love about music too, for sure. Yeah, yeah, and I think you know, uh, to to, to kind of craft a, like a really good piece of art or piece of music, you know, you kind of have your message that you're trying to apply to yeah. the work, but you also leave it up for uh you leave room for interpretation to the audience members totally well that's the that's like the catchiest songs right where you'll get like that's that's why all like the big pop artists all write songs that are vague right like they're because they they want them to to connect to as many people as humanly possible have you seen oh man have you seen uh any of bo burnham's stuff you know the stand-up comedian bo he like plays piano and he sings some songs and stuff tall lanky dude yeah, yeah, I know who he is, and I yeah. have definitely heard some of his songs, but it was a, yeah, quite yeah. a while ago. Yeah, he's been around a long time, but my whole point of bringing him up is that he has this one song where he talks about writing a pop love song, 
and he talks, he's singing about like, like, I love how your eyes are that bluish, greenish, brownish hue. <laughs> and like, he's like, I love that you, your body has arms on both sides and like, and he's making fun of all those pop artists, but it, you listen to those songs and that it totally is that because people go, Oh, that's me. That's me yeah. in the song, man. And then, so you, you know, you hope that that happens with your music every now and then, but you know, I try not, <laughs> I'm definitely not writing for that purpose, but yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think, I think it's just something that kind of, you know, happens. <laughs> oh, totally. I think, yeah, the best ones happen by accident, I think. Yeah. Well, and it's the same way as, you know, somebody can be super convinced that the lyrics of a song are something, you know, and then totally. you look, you go, you look up the lyrics and it's, you know, something completely different, but you've been singing it oh, yeah. one way your entire life. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm um, just curious. Um, yeah. Uh, I guess with, with having the band and stuff like that, uh, do you guys all have similar kind of influences and stuff like that? Um, mm -hmm. Or I guess what, uh, I know you kind of touched on your guitar player a little bit, that he plays kind of more funky, soulful stuff, but I guess what yeah. are some of the other influences in the band? For sure. Um, what's, excuse me, what's funny is that um, we're all very different when it came to our, like especially when we first started playing, uh, our musical inf influences were all over the map. Like, so yeah, I was saying Vincent, his, he's very funky, soulful, like very, like he loves, like Prince is one of his favorite musicians and uh, like he, you know, he's uh, not that he only listens to Prince. He listens to a lot, a lot more stuff, a lot more stuff, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, he, so yeah, so he brought kind of that, you can hear it in his soloing a little bit. He, you can hear a couple of those riffs and all that. And then our drummer Dylan is fantastic. He he was came from like a metal heavy rock metal background. So when I, when he first started playing with us, it was very quick and very right on time. Right. And he would, he would know this, you know, if he listens, he's, he knows that he would, he would agree with me, but like we, I kind of, well, we feel like we had to slow him down a little bit, get him into the groove a little bit. And now it's hilarious. Cause like we, I think the last real gig we played with each other, we were talking about it, that he knows exactly what I'm going to do before it even happens like he knows like like i don't have to turn around i don't have to like he knows something is coming because just we played together for so long and he's he's become like it's really cool to see him he's become an amazing drummer over the you know the five years six years even more than that jeez holy moly uh, uh a lot of years that we've known each other <laughs> <laughs> so that's been really cool and then same with nick our bass player so they kind of came from a similar kind of hard rock nick is hilarious too because he'll like love that really hard rock metal stuff but then all of a sudden he'll like it's this beautiful ballad that he's like singing along to nick is like that music aficionado where he loves everything so but it's my point to that whole thing that was a very long way of explaining that is that we're all different and it's been really cool to see how that kind of translates into the music which i think we're based in that rock and blues stuff but especially with Nick and Vincent, their guitar playing, um, they'll pick things that are totally, like something that I would never think of. And same with Dylan playing drums too. He'll play, do like a drum fill that it's like, I have no idea. And then Justine too, who is, sings with us. She's very, she, she, what she listens to in her spare time is like uh, kind of like the slower, folkier stuff. Like she's a big fan of Lord Huron and, um, and the Lumineers and stuff like that. So she's very, you know, she likes the high tones and the and the soulful stuff, but her her harmony chops are uh, out of this world. So, um, 
So it's, you know, it's, uh, it's cool. It's cool to see what that, what music comes out of a group like that. That's so different from where they began anyway. Yeah, no, for sure. And, uh, uh, I, I love groups who have like such diverse, like different influences and stuff like that. Cause the music mm-hmm. that comes out is usually very interesting. Um, mm-hmm. and just like, uh, you know, saying that, you know, your drummer kind of has a metal background and stuff like that. It's like, now that I kind of li- like hear that and, uh, I think it's song two. Uh, I'm, I'm yeah. terrible with song names, but it's the second song no, okay. on your most, your most recent album. Um, yeah, where it, it kind of starts off very like fast, but then it like drops kind of into that like groovy like breakdowns. It, it yeah. just it's that that personally that's my favorite song on the album. But uh, oh, thanks, man. Uh, after after kind of hearing the 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 different uh, influences from the various band members, it kind of like almost makes sense now. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, cool. That's yeah. funny that that ha- that's, that's that's very interesting. Yeah, no, that's it's funny you say that. It's it's cool. Um, yeah, it's it's listen. Yeah, I, and I miss that because I li- I've listened to the song so many times that I probably don't even hear it anymore. But yeah, yeah, that's very cool. Thanks for that. That's nice. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I guess so. How how have you guys been keeping busy over the past, I guess, year? Yeah, that's a very good question. Um, apart, unfortunately, we haven't been able to get together, uh, except, well, Justine and I live together, so us, we have been doing some stuff, but um, for, you know, Dylan and Vince, like, Vincent has his other band, Vincelin, uh, and he, they just released a song uh, last week, a week and a half ago or so, but they're, uh, so they're doing that. So Vincent is still playing music. I think Vincent works at uh, one of the guitar shops in town as well. So he's still doing everything music related. He's the most dedicated to music, like one of those people that just ever lives, breathes, eats music. And uh, Dylan is a filmmaker, so he has been doing a lot of uh, filmmaking stuff, which is great. I don't know exactly. He's going to laugh at me for saying filmmaking stuff. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's what he does. That's what he went to school for. And then Nick, um, he was planning on moving to Vancouver. I don't think that happened. But he's still going to, but he's still here. But he got a bird. <laughs> yeah, he got, he got a little green bird. So that's keeping him busy. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah you bought a bird and uh yeah and then he he fixes your um your like aircon units and your refrigerator units if your fridge or your aircon is broken so just so you know nick goodman everybody yeah and then us we're just you know i'm doing plants and justine's got a day job that she does and so we're just you know trying to make money and stay busy yeah <laughs> as everybody else is doing yeah yeah that no that's fair uh have you guys mm-hmm. been uh writing any material or anything like that or here and there like we we've tried to write a couple songs here we thought we were one of those people that thought you know that when covid hits we're gonna get be so productive like we're gonna sit at home and write 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 but it's been so and to be honest like it's been there have been points for us where it's been really depressing and not um inspiring whatsoever like like it's really hard to sit down and not binge Netflix or something. You know, and I think a lot of people can relate with us. It's because you just want to turn your brain off. You're hearing so much negative stuff from everywhere. And everybody's freaking out and everybody's grumpy. And you kind of go, okay, like, I don't think the song I'm going to write is going to be very good coming out of this, at least for me. I know people have written some great songs during COVID and stuff like that. It's hard not to write about COVID. And I don't want to write about COVID. <laughs> like, I don't know. But I don't, like, don't want to do that. 
So yeah, to, to be fair, I don't want to hear a song about COVID. So <laughs> exactly, no one wants to hear about COVID. So no, we've written a couple, but it's been hard. I've written a lot of like quarters of songs. Like I've written like little like just verse and a chorus a lot. So I think once COVID is over and I start getting in the swing of things again, there's going to be like this boom of all these songs that I just I finish, which will be good. That's my plan, anyways. But uh, yeah, still playing guitar, just trying to stay busy. You know, yeah. trying to stay inspired in some little little way yeah no yeah i totally i can empathize with that entirely like especially you know when this first thing kind of all hit it was i didn't feel inspired at all and you 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 see you know you look on social media and everybody's like oh look at all the stuff i'm getting done or we have all this time now and it's like i was like you i just wanted to turn my brain off and like watch netflix and play video games and stuff like that and 100 it was it was hard to be productive it was hard to be creative and it was hard to continue on with this project even yeah seriously like something you love you it's tough to do which is was shocking to me yeah yeah especially you know you have all this time so you, you you just assume it's like oh i have all this time like why wouldn't i just do all the stuff that i love to do exactly yeah yeah yeah, I mean, so um, I guess what what does kind of the, the the next year look with look like for you guys? Yeah, no, that's a good question. Um, now that I started this plant business, I think that will take up a little bit more of my time, which is okay because I was playing gigs. I was playing like four or five gigs a week hmm. uh, before COVID, and to be honest, it was a little much for me. Uh, it was a lot. I would be very, I, I was burnt out a bit, so. I think I'll probably split my time a little bit better, hopefully in the next, in the coming months, months, sorry. And, um, I'd like to, I'd like to record, well, we all, Justine and I have to get married too. So that's what's happening for us in the next couple months in December. Um, so some exciting things happening, but music wise, uh, I'd like to, I'd like to record and write at least a song or two in the next little bit here. Like I would really like to, like really shock my system again, back into the, in the swing of things like hop into the studio and just just pick a day see you know and just justine and i just go in and record something you know write something and record something and i think that would be really special and at least make us feel like we're back in the swing of things a little bit and then just release it because who cares yeah and it'd be really nice <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah that's that's my plan anyway we'll see if it happens exactly that way but yeah for sure um and like we all know plans uh you can come crashing down like we've totally. all experienced now. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, I guess uh, uh, just because you kind of touched on a little bit, but how how mm-hmm. do you kind of manage your time when you are, you know, doing the full time musician thing? Yeah, no, it's been uh, when I was when before COVID when that was going on. I mean, what's nice is that gigs are usually in the evening, so I mean, usually you still have your days to do other things, which is nice. Um, yeah, no, I think when I was, when I was playing all those shows, actually, and that's why I'm saying it was too much is that I would usually use the day to just gear up for the evening, like whether it was like making a set list or, um, and just jam into something or even writing, uh, you know, it gives you some time to do that and, you know, chill out a bit. But now that I've been working a little bit more, uh, on the plant stuff and on, uh, I work at a brewery in Cowrie Citizen Brewery as well. Oh, nice! That, yeah, it's and that and it's a fun place to work. Um, but I, I think it's with this break. That's one of the silver linings that it showed me that you know if I burn myself out with 
show, show, show all the time, you know, I'm not going to have as much desire to write and jam at home, you know, or do or band rehearsals or whatever. Like we played so often our band never rehearsed ever. Like it'd be rare, super, super, unless we were playing like this really big show or something that we really needed to get right, like our CD release or whatever. Um, or like our big, we, we play a big new year's show at trolley five every, every second new year's. And, uh, so unless it's something like that, like we, it was too, it was too much. So I think before COVID it was, it was just gearing up for the next show. I think now post COVID, I think I'm going to try and spread out my time a little bit more diversify as the business guys say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. And yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting cause you know, as much as we all hate COVID and what it's kind of done, it, it has given a lot of us a little bit of perspective, I would say. Totally. Yeah. yeah. You got to look at the positives. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. What is one thing that maybe kind of surprised you uh, going into music and kind of doing that as a profession? Like yeah. maybe one thing that you weren't expecting that you would have to like kind of take care of. For sure. Um, that's a good question. Uh, to be honest, I think it shocked me how many people do it. Like how many, pe- how many talented people are actually out there putting their music out there and how hard it actually is to get to that next uh, level, depending on what you're looking for in your music career. But that was surprising for me. Like, y- you know, you finally get into the industry and holy moly, there's a lot of people exactly like me who are trying to, you know, get their head above water and, you know, listen to my music. And, and truly it's like, that's why they say it's one of the hardest jobs because there's so many talented people out there that never see the light of day. And even, you know, in Calgary is a great example of that. There's so many talented people here that, that, uh, deserve to be heard and just, you know, for whatever reason, don't, you know, don't get the plays they deserve or whatever, but, you know, unfortunately that's just kind of the way the world works, but yeah, but I'd say that was my most surprising thing is just like, you know, you, they're ever, uh, people, uh, musicians, good musicians are everywhere. And that's, mm-hmm. that's also exciting, but also just a little bit surprising for sure. Yeah, no, I, I, something that uh, actually uh, was surprising to me as well when I started this podcast is mm-hmm. the amount of just talent at the local level. Yeah. Like the, the, the people who you know, you listen to their stuff and you're like, this is, you know, this is somebody, this isn't their full-time job or whatever. This is something they do as a hobby, but this is amazing, you know, <laughs> like. Right, totally. <laughs> yeah, just the amount of, uh, the the amount of local talent and good music that comes out of like the local music scene is unreal. It's, yeah, it's, and people should go see it more, you know, like, I, I think they'd be, I think they would be surprised too at what's out there for them, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's something for everybody. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, there's a thriving scene for everybody, and uh, you know, you pay what ten bucks for a ticket to a show to a local show, and you're entertained all night. Like, <laughs> exactly. I think I think what people expect is that you know you go out and see live music, and you're gonna go see a Led Zeppelin cover band. Yeah. You know, which can be fantastic. Don't get me wrong. But I think maybe one time someone's seen a, you know, they, they go to a bar, like their, their neighborhood bar, and there's somebody there playing covers, which again, is totally fine. And, it's, and people are really good at that, and they make money off of that, which is fantastic. But I think people are 
need to go see actual local music where people are writing their own stuff, new stuff they've never heard before. You know, discover, go discover some new things. And that's great. Huh. And if you're feeling covers, go see that guy again or that girl again. That'd be fantastic. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, you know, there's lots of venues in town that, you know, uh, maybe there's a little less now after this whole thing, but uh, yeah, seriously, um, th- there is some solid venues in town that, you know, you, you can reliably count on to provide you with quality good music, you know, whether it be Broken City or The Ship and Anchor or whatever it may be, totally. you know. So if 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 you're feeling live local music, just head to one of those venues on a weekend when it's allowed again, and you'll probably discover your new favorite band. Oh, yeah, for sure. I would always invite my friends and family to the Saturday afternoon jams at the ship. Yeah, That's where I'd always, like if they had never seen me play before, like, because then you get a good band hosting, right? And you, they're hosting and then they have an opener as well. So you get, excuse me, two solid bands for sure. Because the ship and anchor know what they're doing, and then you get a bunch of people who get get up there and jam too, mm. which sometimes is funny in a good way. Like, so, like sometimes you get a father and daughter up there jamming out. Like there was one time we were there and it was a like a dad and her his like five year old daughter were playing music for everybody and they were good. Like not <laughs> yeah. like it wasn't just a gimmicky thing. It was fantastic, you know. And so like I always like if there were even more stuff like that, or just go out, just go out and get, even if you show up and you don't like the band, like go show up and go have some beers with people in your own city too, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. And cause yeah, you're, I don't know, you're, you're supporting not only the venue, but you're supporting the van, band and you're supporting everything, totally. you know, have a local beer too. get something from one of the breweries, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or even like if you're, if that's, you know, and there's there again like we don't know who how everybody's doing but you know there's venues for in town for, for everybody you know mm-hmm. if you don't want that loud music experience there are quiet music experiences like Betty Lou's and all these other places where you can go see jazz if you want to you know yeah yeah there, like I said there's a there's a thriving scene for pretty much every genre of music that can be found in this city totally yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah and uh, I mean if you want to just get out there and you want to get like uh rocking for dollars you know you get 10 oh, bands in one night 15 minutes each like come on <laughs> and what is it like eight bucks wasn't it eight bucks for 10 bands or something like that uh, i think i played it, it a couple times i can't remember how much it was to get i it. think it's three dollars <laughs> yeah something yeah, even the bands play to be there pay to be there you're supporting the event and but it's yeah. so fun yeah it's so fun yeah it's 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 and i like you know a band goes up, you don't like them. Hey, they'll be off in fifteen minutes, you know, and then they'll exactly the they next they one. got three songs and they're done. Exactly. Yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, there's there's tons of great music in the city, and I I definitely implore everybody to go and and check it out for sure. Mm-hmm. Me too. Uh, just as a kind of building off of that, is there any kind yeah. of local bands that you're really digging right now? Local bands, well, to, well, I haven't seen a lot of local bands here yeah. in a while. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I think, uh, to be honest, like there's a really great country scene in Calgary, number one. So, you you know, if you want that kind of, if you're more pop country is kind of your thing, you got like people like Mariah Stokes and Devin Cooper and Aaron Pollock and all these guys that are going out there, guys and girls that are going out there, and Megan Dawson, all these people that are doing that type of music which is fantastic and then if you want like Mariel Buckley is a great choice a, a Calgarian as well she's 
uh, fantastic. I went to her CD release like like a couple months before COVID as well, and she was fantastic. Sold out the uh, festival hall, and it was amazing. Actually, that was a lot more than a couple months ago. I think that was a couple years ago now. <laughs> My math's not good. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Mariel. But it was an amazing time, and it was great. So see, check out Mariel Buckley. And you got uh, Boots in the Hoots, too, which are great. I'm going to list off a whole bunch uh, because they deserve it. Um, mm-hmm. And if I forget anybody, I apologize to my friends out there. But, um, and then Arson, you got to, like, in my style of music, what's cool is that I, I would love to see the blue, like, the rock part of Calgary come up a little bit. Like, there's, Calgary's got this scene that has, like, like, when you go to, um, like, Big Winter Classic and uh, uh, Sled Island and all this stuff, there's great rock bands, but they're kind of almost like shock rock bands where, like, you, you get the guys, like, playing on the, um, like singing on the bar and all that stuff. Like they're kind of crazy. It's a lot of punk stuff, which again, if that's your deal, there's a fantastic amount of bands in Calgary for that as well. Uh, but like there's another band in Calgary called the Rooks, uh, led by Jay Bocott. Um, really great band. We play with them a lot. Fantastic. And then there was a frontiers as well. Thank you, Justine. Appreciate it. <laughs> She's doing commentary from the side and, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, uh, the frontiers as well, we worked with a bunch. They're fantastic. Good buddies as well. Um, yeah. And I think, I guess that's all. And if I forgot anybody, I apologize, there's but so there's so many, there's a lot, just go out there and see them all. That's what you should oh, yeah. do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of great music that comes from the city for sure. Mm hmm. Um, so is there any just kind of final things that you would like to throw out there before we close this out or, um, I guess like probably many others have done this, you know, as well, but I, I'd say there's still ways to support musicians. We've talked about it a bit already tonight where, you know, even if you don't like live streams or something, maybe just watch one, support them, tip your artist, you know, buy some merch. Thank you, Justine. (laughs) 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 Yeah, she just brought you on. Um, But um, yeah, she's eaten. But uh, like, you know, support, there's other ways to support and the artists, not just musicians, but artists in this city and all over the world have been really, have been hit really hard. Um, As well as, you know, everybody's been hit hard. So, you know, you got, you can only do what you can do. But if you know you need some entertainment, there's ways to get it still and ways to support still. So go just check them out. Exactly. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, and yeah, I'll have all um, the links in the episode notes of how people can connect with you, all your social media and how they oh, can fantastic. find your music and stuff will all be in the episode notes so that it should be real easy for our listeners to find you if they'd like to check you out. Awesome. And uh, thank, thank you very much for being on the show. Cody, it was my absolute pleasure. This was really, really fun. Thanks for having me. Scared to close my eyes Don't know what I'll see Beautiful and wise She sees right through me I've got to let it go And don't bite the hand that feeds Don't talk about what you don't know No, 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 it's such a goddamn day 
episode of Groove Talk, why not leave a review? You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or pretty much anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Help us break through those evil algorithms and reach the most amount of glorious listeners that we possibly can. For up-to-date information on the show, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and you can find us at Froggy Style Productions. 
For more ways to support the show, visit fsproductions.ca.